you know, we've been talking about a series called Ghost, not Ghost with an S, like plural, but Ghost, the Holy Ghost. And uh, that's the only ghost that really counts. How many believe in ghosts? Well, three of you. How many believe in the Holy Ghost? (laughs) Well, there's a spiritual world happening all around us. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible says even though you're just living your life, behind the scenes there is a spiritual war. And, of course, you have the edge because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. So I just want to remind you this time of year that you were born to have a life in the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans 8, chapter 14. Look at what it says. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So there is a connection between your willingness to be led by the Spirit of God and your sonship. It doesn't mean that you're a church member. That doesn't make you a son because you said a prayer. What makes you a son is that you are led by the Holy Spirit, that you have made a commitment. I'm not going to be led by life or circumstances or my own thoughts or what other people think. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to come to Christ. It means to give up the leadership of your life and to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Look at John 3, 8. I love the way Jesus said it. The wind blows where it wants to, where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. Now think about that. He says, you know, you don't have to know where the wind came from or where it's going, but you just know it's there and you just go with it, right? If you have a kite, you just kind of just fly a kite, right? So you just, that's, he said, though, he said, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. In other words, you're going to leave the world of logic and human reasoning and you're going to get in the flow of of the, the Holy Spirit. You're going to start just put up a, a sail and say, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just going to go wherever the Holy Spirit takes me. So he's describing the life of being in control. And he, he's, he's contrasting against the life that we like, you know, this, this wonderful life in the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of freedom in this life. But it really, when someone says, man, what does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? Which is what I want to talk to you about today. It means more, it's more like giving up than it is achieving something. It's more like giving up control of saying, I know what I'm doing. I figured this out. I got this. And when when you're willing to let that go, it's a bit like walking on the water. It's a bit like living a life where you're you're not certain of the next move, but you just know the next move's coming. It's like you're waiting for the wind to blow, right? God said, this is the way I determine you should live your life, not logically figuring it all out. And then, you know, planning it all out and then trying to make it happen. That's where stress comes from. Jesus didn't want you to live the stress-filled life, but the spirit-filled life. Does anybody believe that's right? Say yes. The spirit-led life is a choice. God won't make you follow him. Jesus said, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow. God will never make you follow. The Holy Spirit will never force you to follow him. you got to make a decision that I have a great benefit. The God that made the universe, he's here by his Holy Spirit in me. He's around me, he's in me, and he's directing me to his perfect purpose and plan. I never have to be stressed or pressured because I'm always one whisper away from the right decision from the right direction, from the right move. I never have to feel like I'm totally responsible for where I'm going. I mean, the Holy Spirit is like a holy GPS, you know. You ever know those GPS, you get off, off the wrong exit, and it's like it just comes up. It's going to get you there, but 
you know, you might make a wrong turn, but somehow it'll get you back on track, right? It'll recalibrate. How many know the Holy Spirit's recalibrated for you several times? Several hundred times. Because you took a turn, it was like, oh, man, okay, uh, took a left at uh, Sherwood, and, you know, he'll get you back on track. But it would have been better had you just followed in the first place. And, you know, I don't know, sometimes I don't want to trust that GPS. You know, like, this is looking bad. <laughs> you know, like, it's in, take a left, and I'm feeling right. But, you know, you just have to, like, should I just trust? And then when you do, you're like, oh, man, it was a shortcut. Yes. But it is that giving up control of what you feel and what you like, that is what it means to follow the Holy Spirit and leave a, live a supernatural life. Listen, you can live a life governed by human reasoning and logic or live a, a Holy Spirit-led life. You cannot live both. It's either or. You're either going to be in control, figuring it out, doing the best you can, quote-unquote, stressing out, or... You're going to listen to God, and you're not going to worry about it. God's just tell you what to do. How many of you know GPS set some of us free? Bad on direction people. You know what I'm talking about? I'm one of those people. They'll tell me, can you just come? You turn down right, turn left, and then go three miles. And turn. I'll say, what's the address? They're like, well, the address, and they put, I, I'm putting it in my GPS. Boom, I'm just going to obey. I don't, come on, somebody. I'm just going to, it says, uh, turn right in 500 feet. I'm doing it. It's looking weird out here. Don't worry about it. Go three miles ahead. I'm going three miles ahead. Right? And that's a great illustration because when the Holy Spirit's leading you, you don't really have to take responsibility how this thing's going to come out. I'm just going to obey the next command. Somehow I know it's going to get me there. So I'm living this life that is free from stress and figuring out and who's right and who's wrong. I'm just listening to God. It's a great, great life. God's call you to this supernatural life. Listen, doing what doesn't make sense will make you look brilliant in the end. Even in this life, doing the, look, getting, giving your life to Christ doesn't make sense. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make sense. Giving it to eyes doesn't make sense. Reading the Bible, does, look, there's so much that doesn't make sense. How many Christians, they start off spiritual and then they try to say, I got it from here. They start to give their whole life to God, then like three days later, like, oh, I, I got this. And then they don't think they need any more direction than that one moment when God drew them and then they just said yes. And they're like, okay. But that was the beginning, not the end. From then on, God wants to lead you clearer and clearer, better and better. But you have to make a decision. I don't make the, my call from now on. I'm just listening to what he says. And he has a way of making you look awesome. When someone says, well, well Pastor Bray, how did you, you know, tell me about your marriage. You know, how did this marriage work out 42 years? You're still in love. How'd that work? I'm like, I just follow directions. When he said, <laughs> I just kept, kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, say you're sorry. I just said, I'm sorry. I got 42 years of sorries, but it was good. I figured out, I better not, you know, you know, I only get in trouble in my marriage when I start coming out with things I want to say like, hmm. You know, I already know I'm, I'm in the flesh, and I know it's going to be a problem right now. Right? You know, we get back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. My wife actually told me the other day. Oh, yeah. Here we go. She said, quote, unquote. Now, if I had said this to her, it would never be over. She said this to her. I wasn't wearing a shirt. I, and I thought I looked okay. And she said, quote, unquote. I feel, I'm, she said, I'm getting a little worried about our stomachs. <laughs> I was like, 
Our stomachs? Well, she worried about yours, and I'll just worry about mine. She included me in her worry about the stomachs. If I had told her, I'm just worried about our behind. <laughs> if I had told her that, that would have been the end of it. I, I would never hear the end of it. I've been looking, was looking, I've been looking at my stomach ever since. We're, <laughs> she's worried about our stomach. But you know, you hear the Holy Spirit say, just let it go, just let it go, just let it go. You either can be offended or get insecure or just let it go. I felt, a, I felt the voice saying, just let it go. Just let that go. I didn't let it go, but I heard a voice saying, I still, I'm still holding it right now, but, but I did hear a voice saying, just let it go. <laughs> okay, but, you know, I was so interested this week, we were talking about the Holy Spirit gifts last week, and uh, my son-in-law, Chris, where are you at, Chris? Chris, come on up here, the singer, musician, awesome guy. This is Chris, Chris McQuaid. He's the Mac. And Chris, you know, the Lord started leading Chris about praying for people. He kind of almost stumbled into a gift of praying for people with cancer, not at church so much, but in the world. So why don't you tell us how that's been working? I know it happened a few months ago, and then it kind of continually, even wrecks and stuff happened. So tell us. All right. Well, the other day, my mom and dad are here. I got in an accident. I didn't tell either one of them about it. So <clears throat> just a tail light. But, okay, so... Um, I would say, I'll go quick as far as, I will say, great analogy on the GPS. If you leave it up to me to just make a decision on the whim without the GPS or without Becca telling me where to go, I'm so directionally challenged that I was like, I was going this way on the interstate, I got off the wrong exit, started going this way, I would assume I'm going to take a left and somewhere along the lines I'm going to hit the interstate again. Never works out. It's not that easy for me. So the GPS speaking is like, you don't have to worry about it. You do not have to. I mean, it's maybe sometimes the voice in the GPS can mess up. But usually that voice is going to be a lot better than me trying to figure it out. I'll be like ending up about to get my wallet stolen, car driven off, you know, (laughs) in an accident. So anyway, a couple months ago, I'm not sure how, how long it was ago, um, this girl came in to, to the store, and she had a, like a really big cast on. I say a really big cast because I just didn't, I'd never seen anything like that as far as, it, it, I wasn't familiar with it. So, I mean, you know, why, why act like I don't see the elephant in the room? So uh, I asked her about the cast, as simple as I could, what's up with that cast? And she said, oh, I have, I have bone cancer. And I was like, all right, I should, should have ignored the elephant in the room because now I feel like an idiot. And so, um, so I finished the transaction, and, and so I, there was two things pulling me. It was the, uh, the guilt of uh, um, feeling bad about me asking about the cast. And the other thing was, God was saying, I can heal her. I want to heal her. And oh, I wish I was that. So anyway, and was, you know, so I didn't want to pray for her, like, in the store in front of other people. I didn't want her nervous, you know. And so I walked her to the door, and 
I didn't give her stuff. I just kind of kept walking. She grabbed the bag or whatever. I just kind of kept walking with her to the car, <laughs> out the door, you know. And I walked to her. I didn't hold her hand all the way to the vehicle, but I will, and I would. Um, so I was like, hey, the reason why I walked out here with you is uh, what you said about the cast and the, the, the cancer, the bone cancer. I'm always really quick to be like, you said you had cancer, and I'll pray, I want to pray for your cancer, um, or whatever it is. You know, I don't want to put any possession on that. With Even then, like this is a while back, I just was like, I just don't want to have let that come out of my mouth. It's not yours, it's not mine, it's nobody's, and God's going to get rid of what is, we're not taking possession of. And I just remember having that in my mind. And I was like, hey, I want to pray for, um, you know, the cancer. I believe God can heal you right now. And uh, actually, I asked her first, I said, have you had anybody pray for you? And most people and her, she said, oh, yeah, whole church is praying, whole family's praying. So they're all just praying for you. Have you had anyone, like, touch you? And pray for you. And she said, no, nobody's ever prayed for me like that. And I said, well, I believe God can heal you right now. I believe that. Do you believe that? And she was like, oh, I, want to, yeah, I want that. I want it. Well, I believe he can do it like right now. <laughs> you know, and I, I like what he was saying. love what he was saying about the GPSs. Or maybe it was GPS. Um, before that, I think. You're not responsible. You know, the, the, when the Holy Spirit takes control, you're just not responsible. And it's, it's his plan. It's like that scripture says, um, man makes his plans, but God orders his footsteps. And, like, those plans that we make can be, like, so complicated. Like, to, to be successful or to do what we think is the right thing, we can be so stressed out and overloaded with it. And, you know, and then God's just moving our feet. You know, if you follow in the Holy Spirit, it's like so simple. But if we put it in our own mind, it's like, no, I have like a thousand plans for every single step. And you're not even, you're not even responsible for those steps when it comes down to it. And anyway, I don't know how I got into that. But let's, say, let's pray for you. I believe God's going to heal you right now. And um, so before I do, I'm going to tell the cancer to leave your body. And it's never your cancer. And you'll never say... I have cancer or my cancer, you know, even if you go to the doctor or whatever. And so I just prayed for her and believed that God was going to remove that cancer. Anything that didn't line up with the, with the word of God, anything that didn't agree with the blood of Jesus had to leave in the name of Jesus. He said something very simple. And, and that was it. And I, I told her, I said, hey, whenever you go to your next checkup, because I'm sure with this situation you have checkups and whatnot, um, they're going to give you a clean report. And I want you to bring it to me. And uh, like, like two months, gosh, I didn't forget about her. But, you know, I'd pray about it every once in a while. And she sent me like this huge message. You know, when you get a text and it's like a bunch of messages, but it's all words and stuff. Just thanking God and stuff. She got this report and it was just no cancer. So... And she just went into great detail how there was zero cancer and how she had a certain, like, stage. I don't remember what it was, but enough, it was enough to be wearing, like, a cast and all that, you know. And uh, So 
And she was just thanking God. And I just responded. It's like, thank God. Keep saying you're healed, no matter what anybody says. And tell everyone that. <laughs> it's amazing, you know. And um, so anyway, as another situation. Somebody came in. I was, got another job. A guy came in. and he's, he, you know, he's wanting to get his phone fixed. I fix phones, by the way. <laughs> and lives. Um, it, it was, he didn't want to spend too much money. He didn't want to buy another phone for whatever, three, four hundred bucks, you know. He was holding on to this older phone. He's like, well, I don't want to go spending all this money, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to need it later. And I was like, what do you mean? His phone's kind of on its way out. Can't rely on it. And uh, he's like, you know, oh, well, I only got like six months to live. So it is what it is. And I was like. It is what what is, and uh, so you know in my mind like God healed somebody of cancer with my hands, <laughs> you know, I'd be doing this guy like a disservice, you know, myself God a disservice to the, to not pray for the dude, you know, and he was in there with his wife, he was probably in his fifties, and uh, so we talked, asked him a couple of questions that I have brain cancer and um, there's this thing pushing tumor pushing on a certain spot and. Uh, it was just us three in the room there's nobody else and uh, I, I said I said hey I believe God can heal you uh, uh, he's like oh, yeah m- me too Hold, uh, and he said I go to the healing whatever deal at Mary something and I, you know, I just didn't know what it was so I'm not making fun of it I just really didn't I didn't know the, what it was so I was like okay and he said yeah well, I attended a couple of services and so I asked him the same questions. I said, has anyone ever, like, put their hands on you and prayed for you? And he said, no, nobody's ever done that. And I said, well, I want to pray for you. He goes, and he said, thank you. Just kind of was like, all right, thanks. And he kind of stepped away, you know, and thinking, like, he's still thinking I'm just not going to pray for him, but I'll pray for him after he leaves, like, before I go to sleep or something. And I said, no, I want to, I want to, I want to like, touch your head, and I want to pray for it. It was just us three, you know. I'm not responsible for the outcome. I believe God will heal him. You know, I'll probably, in my mind, I might, might not ever see him again. If I do see him again, he'll probably come back with a good report. And so, hey, it is what it is. And I didn't feel embarrassed about that. I didn't feel embarrassed about walking into the car with a girl. I felt like I want to make a moment here, and I want him to kind of remember that. And, and so I put my hands on this guy's head. I don't even know him. <laughs> around his ears and stuff, and um, before I did, I read a scripture or two, I don't remember what it was, and uh, how, how, you know, there's power, if if we both believe God can heal you, right now, he'll heal you, and I prayed for him, for the tumor, I told him the same thing, it's not your tumor anymore, you know, from the beginning, the day you're told that you have cancer, you know, it's like, what, what else do you do? The doctor talks about your cancer, your cancer, or your issue, or your sickness, or whatever it is. And it's just like, do I believe it? Yeah, the, word, the paper says yes. And it's like, you just take it. Like, it's like, like they just gave it to you. You know, I mean, obviously there's other roots, but. Um, and I prayed for him, same thing. And he was crying. <laughs> it's just. So, you know, his wife was there, and he's never, never seen that. Like, I feel like that should be more of a common thing, you know. And 
um, so anyway, he, he, he came back like a couple months or maybe a month later and he said, hey, Chris. And I didn't recognize him at first, but he's like, you remember me? And I was like, and right when I was about to say no, I remembered his name and I said it. And so it was like, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Mr. Scott, I believe, yeah. But that was a while ago, so. And um, and I went, went and got the report. They took off the six months. Like, I'm, I don't have just six months. There's no expiration that I have. He said the, 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 the tumor or whatever was so small or whatever that they, that they, he wasn't on any type of, I'm not familiar with all the terms, but I just know that he, he doesn't have an end date, you know, so, and then the other day I got in an accident, so I'll wrap it up, I don't want to take all the time, um, I got, I was, I was backing up, put in reverse, I have a camera on the back in my, in my mirror, it was clear, I looked in the other one, and I saw this certain person that was driving, pulling out of their parking spot way too slow at Walgreens. I was like, come on. But I had to get out of there before they got straight because then I would have to wait for them to get all the way around. So I saw that, looked in the other river mirror, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I, it, and I just saw how this other guy flew around. He was thinking the same thing. Like, this lady's going to take up the whole thing. I'm just assuming this was going on in both of our minds. I don't know. And, it, you know, it hit, it hit the front of his car, and I was like, no. Put it forward. Got out the car. He gets out the car with a, um, a walker, like, fast. I'd never seen my guy the car that fast with a walker. <laughs> Put it down. He, like, walked around to the damage. He's like, no, man. What are you doing? No. You're flying out of there. I was like. I was like, look, man, the last thing I'd want to do right now is do that on purpose. Uh, he's like, I know, but this is the worst time this could happen for me. And I'm thinking, like, me too. <laughs> and again, I didn't do it on purpose. Um, so, and he kind of kept going on about it. And we well, got to go in there and get my prescription. I'm a cancer patient. You just hit the one guy in the parking lot that's about to die. <laughs> anyway, that's my first thought. But really, when he said cancer, I, like my, 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 the flags went up. I was like, but this is totally like self-induced situation. For me, I just hit you with my vehicle. It might be best that I just, to, you know, try to make you not so mad. And... So he goes in there, he goes, can you wash my car? I got to get my prescriptions or whatever, and the, the police will be here soon. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> Me, the guy that just hit your car, like, I, I got you. And, uh, <laughs> like, I could have just left. I mean, like, <laughs> I only have one taillight missing. I didn't think about leaving. I, I'm thinking about it now. That would be a very terrible person. 
So anyway, so he, he comes back, the cop's there, I'm talking to the cop, he checks, his, checks the info out, checks his car out, and I'm talking to the cop, it's all good, it, we, you know, nobody got a ticket, meaning me, and, uh, and insurance paid for his car, is what it is. And so as the cop's doing his, his, his paperwork and whatnot in the vehicle, I'm sitting on the bed of my truck with the tailgate down, sounds like a country song, and he comes walking over and he starts apologizing for uh, getting out of hand, getting out of line, getting mad and whatnot. And so I just got a lot going on right now. <sighs> anyway, I still wasn't thinking like I'm going to pray for this guy because I was like, I really ruined his day. I don't want to feel like I'm a loiterer in the parking lot, like bugging him. I want to get him out as soon as possible. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit convicted me like, you're not going to ruin his day, you know, like. So the cop comes, gives us our stuff, walks off, and he starts walking to his car. I'm talking to the cop about something. And I'm just kind of watching him in the corner of my eye. And I was still thinking, like, do I do this? Do I not? And there's this, like, feeling that comes on when, when God wants to say something, you know. Maybe, maybe not with everybody, but maybe not just with praying for people. Maybe, maybe just with everything the Holy Spirit wants to do. There's this, like, it's like right when about, it's about to rain, the humidity drops. <sighs> And you can like, it's not so hot, but it's not because the temperature didn't really drop. It's the humidity just dropped. Temperature drops a little bit. Clouds are on top of you, but, and you're just like, it's about to rain. And I like that feeling. You know, I like it. So, you know, it's the same type of similar thing that you can't really explain, but like, God's about to do something. (laughs) And you get this like stillness, you know, and, um. Like that movie with the baseball, he's about to pitch it, and everything slows down. It's like all the noise goes out. Same type of thing. Yeah, clear the mix. I don't know what that movie is, but it's another way of like explaining it. That God's about to do something, and it just gets you excited. And you're not responsible for the outcome, you know? And so I walked over there with him. He was already shut his door, and I knocked on his window. And I said, um, hey, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. I hope you have a great day. Um, and he started apologizing a bunch and shaking my hand and laughing and stuff. I was like, okay, we're good. I'm going to pray for you. And I said, uh, I believe that God can heal you right now. For cancer, you said you have, you're a cancer patient. He said he's like stage three something and something with his stomach. And, and I referenced uh, another, the, one of the previous stories I told. And I said, God healed. God, God heals people. It's like Jesus, he healed people back 2,000 years ago, he's still walking on the earth, you know, it, he's not on walking on the earth, but he's still healing people like when he was, and I believe he can heal you right now, and I've seen him do it, and he was like, oh yeah, I said, am I praying for you? No, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's prayed for me, nobody's like put their hands on and prayed for me, and I said, well, I want to do that, and, um, and right before I was going to pray for him, I, I said, I'm going to tell you the cancer to leave. And it's going to leave. God's going to make it get out of there. And he was like, tell it. Tell it to get out. You know, and it, it, and it well, he wasn't joking around about it. He was like, serious, like, like, it's like if a wasp gets on me, I'm like, get it off. Like, I'm going to freak out. It's the same type of thing. He was like, please, tell it to get out. And we're just in Walgreens parking lot. I just hit his car. And 
I'm praying for him. And he's, and so, yeah, I told him to get out. And I said, whenever you go to your next checkup, you're going to have a good report and a clean report. And you're healed. So I want you to come see me. I didn't want to take his number and stuff. I said, I'm over here by the causeway. Where's where my shirt? He said, well, I need your name. I need your number. And I gave him the info. And I said, you're healed, dude. Sorry, I had your car. So God's good. And he, the days that, that I've seen him move in my life, um, they weren't the most spiritual days. They weren't the days I was like feeling like Mr. Spiritual. Like I got it all planned out. I'm going to go talk to this guy, give him this word, do this. God just showed up. And yeah, I pray he does it a lot more. So. Yes. Well, I couldn't have preached it any better than that because I, I love, you know, Jesus in the real, real world. You know, that's you. You know, that you could be the only Jesus that people around you could ever see. You might think that you're not important, but you could be the only Jesus they see. You could be the only chance they get to be prayed for. You'd think, oh, sure, they can't. No, no, most people. You just got to get out of yourself out of your own thing for a second and and the holy spirit he's in look at tell someone say the holy spirit's in your life and he wants to do the supernatural through you he does he really does and all through this room is a room full of miracles waiting to happen i'm just so grateful that chris shared that because save me from preaching all my eight points Because it's a lot easier. It really is just, you don't feel good, but you know what? You surrender to when you feel it raining a little bit and you feel the cloud, you just surrender in that moment and don't be stubborn. I want to read this about walking the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to, we're just going to pray because I feel like I can't really add much to that because that's what I meant today. Do that. You don't have to be perfect and do everything right and have read 20 chapters in the Bible and spoken tongues for an hour just be Jesus, you know. Just just let God use you. With all your weird things and all your different things and little insecurities, why don't you just be Jesus? Just wait for the moment. Your moment's coming this week. Right? Tell somebody your moment is coming this week. Your supernatural moment. And don't be awkward. Be yourself. Don't be awkward. Like, I don't know what to say. You know, just chill. Easy. Just chill. Just say, can I pray for you? Or God wants to change you. Just be you. But let be this instrument of the Holy Spirit. Follow him. He wants to lead you and guide you. We can talk about decisions and all the things he wants to help you with maybe next week. But I still believe God wants to release supernatural things through your life. And so I'm going to read this scripture about walking in the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to pray. I just want you to think about right now. You just need to be activated. You just need to get out of the rut that you've been in with distracted mind, you know, wandering desires, confusion, and lock in to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just stop all that. Just switch it right now. Don't say it's going to take a year or a month or you've, you have to do it in an encounter or anything. Just right now, just say I'm switching out of that flesh life, thinking about all my problems, my stress, and my worries. I'm switching out of that, and I'm going to take care of God's business, and he's going to take care of my business. 
Now, of all the things I was going to say, and I'm not going to preach, but of all the things I was going to say, I wanted to tell you this. The enemy wants you distracted because he's afraid of the Holy Spirit inside of you. He wants you distracted with sports. He wants you distracted with work. He wants you distracted with girls. He wants you distracted with boys because he knows you're dangerous when you're not distracted. And I want to give you an honest testimony. Uh, I don't know, the last 10 years of this church, I've been, we've been at some kind of a crazy war. And I was praying. I was asking the Holy Spirit. You know, I was you know, praying and seeking God by myself. And the, and the Holy Spirit said, okay. Stop praying about all that stuff. I'm taking care of it. I was like, seriously, it's huge. He said, I got it. He said, I want you to stop telling me about problems and start telling me about what I called you to do. Start telling me how you're going to raise this church up. Start telling me what your goals are. Start telling me what, you, what I called you to do. Start asking for me to change the world through you. Stop worrying about your problems. Stop saying when this happens and after this happens and when this is cleared up and when that's cleared up or when you get perfect or when you stop doing whatever it is you're doing. Stop doing that and just ask me about what I want to do through your life. And you start taking care of what I told you to do and you're going to find this other stuff just disappears. I, I hope I was articulate enough for you to get it. Stop worrying about the small stuff. Stop being convicted and convinced and worried and obsessed with the stuff that doesn't matter. What about locking in your life with this? Tomorrow, this afternoon, God called me for every interaction with people. Every moment that I have, I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. God's about to do miracles through my life. There are going to be miracles at work, miracles at school. All the days of my life, I'm going to live under the power of the Holy Spirit. And it begins right now. Stop accepting a mediocre life and a mediocre relationship with God and an okay church experience and an okay worship. Jump out of that boat, flip the script and say, right now I'm jumping out of one thing and I'm moving into another. Jesus hasn't changed. We changed. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. All we have to do is switch and say, I've decided to live in the realm of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 25, I'll read this. This is the passion version. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. But when you are brought and to the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living on the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the South life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, 
temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the realm of God, the kingdom realm of God. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after Him. And everybody said... It's absolutely true. Why don't you stand up with me today because you are God's army. Don't you love that part that says there's an army rising up all across the room? If you don't mind, I want to make this like an official moment today. If you're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm switching. I'm not living the life of the flesh and making excuses. I'm repenting for being dominated by things that don't matter. And I choose to come under the authority and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I am activated today. Today, a new way of thinking, a new way of behaving, a new way of living, today it begins right now. Now, I need you to just let your faith rise up. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can do it. You guess you can do it. I've tried. Forget about before. This is not before. This is now. This is a now moment for you. And I know some of you are frustrated because you really do want to live for God, but you have not experienced what it means to live in glorious freedom. You've been so bound, so condemned. God doesn't care about your past. He cares about your future. He doesn't care what you've been or who you've been with. He cares about what you'll be and what you'll be coming. And it changes in a moment. It doesn't take a, a year or you know, 10 years or five months. It just takes a moment where the grace of God hits you and everything changes. And something comes on your life and the things that you couldn't let go of, suddenly you don't even want them anymore. They're so far from you, you can't even remember them anymore. That's what you want. That's the life that you want and that's the life that God has for you. And today we're just going to, I'm going to ask you, if you're saying, you know, Pastor Bray, I want to make a fresh new commitment to switch I'm going to start forgetting the small things and I'm entering into the big things of God I'm going to start taking care of God's business and he's going to take care of my business I'm going to let go of the stress and the control and trying to feel like I know how to do everything and figure it out I'm going to let go of all that and I'm just going to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit I'm going to do the right things and I'm going to see the power of God flow through my life I want you, you know we call this area an altar because it symbolizes where 
in Israel, they would go bring something to God and the fire would come and consume that offering. And today I want you to bring all that old distraction, stress, disappointment, setbacks. Listen, they happen, so what? But get back and get back focused on the things that really matter and let the Holy Spirit lead your life. Today is a monumental day in your life. But you have to respond in faith and say, this is my day. I'm going to stop living a low life. And I'm going to start coming above all these things and living up here where the Holy Spirit is. You're going to make that decision today. When I count to three, you're just going to come out of your seat. You're going to stand here. Just I don't care if you're the only one. You're going to come here at this altar and say, I'm giving up the self-life. And I'm choosing to be activated into the Holy Spirit supernatural life. I'm going to count to three. And those of you that really want that, I just want you to just take a couple minutes at the altar. We're going to pray. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, just move out of wherever you are. Come stand here.